Hey, church, I wonder if everything, if you could do with everything in you, just give the Lord a shout of praise one time today. Can we do that? Amen. Praise, praise God. You can be seated. Good job, man. That was beautiful. Praise the Lord. What a great time of worship and a great time of just gathering in God's presence and just, you know, walking through things in life together and, and seeing how God can just truly bless people as they're thankful for one another. And we're in a series of just thankfulness, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But I uh, want to thank our board. Janie mentioned that we were uh, went to Cabo, San Lucas. Uh, we went um, this past week with some dear friends of ours, Landon and Carol Barefoot. Landon's one of our board members, and the board gave us a gift at their expense uh, a year and a half ago, almost a year and a half ago, at our 10-year church anniversary, uh, a trip to Cabo or wherever we wanted to go. And so uh, Landon was gracious enough to take time out of his schedule to go with us, which was a, a big deal. I'm joking. I mean, that's... You all need some more coffee, don't you? <laughs> so, I, But I publicly want to thank our board members. I, need you to let, I just want to give them your, uh, give you their names so, so you know. But it's Landon and Carol, or Landon Barefoot and his wife Carol, uh, Kevin Hargis, his wife Michelle, Ricky Knight and his wife Sherry, Tom Peterson, his wife Bev, David Lackey and his wife Teresa, and Tom Peterson. No, I said Tom. Gary, Cheryl, and his wife, Jerry. And so they're wonderful, great men of God. Uh, just, yeah, it's just special, very special to us. And shared in the first service, that's special because they sent us on a trip. They're special because they're real. Uh, they, have a, uh, they help uh, me with the vision that we have for the church and this community in this whole area. And so we have some really cool things going on. Uh, they're working again on the downtown campus, so that's a huge win for the kingdom of God. We're looking at early spring to start having services down there. So we're continuing to work on our strategy there. Uh, we have the, the partner uh, campus in Cherokee. And last week in Cherokee, between Thursday and Sunday, they had over 91 or 91 in attendance. So give it up for the Lord on that one. That's a, that's a big, big deal. Uh, God is so cool. And then uh, we pl we planted, because we do some outreach in some different parts of the area, we planted a Bible study, which we hope turns into like a campus or a dream center uh, in the Sunny Valley region of, of Hickory, which is kind of a, an area that just that needs the gospel. Uh, everybody needs the gospel. This one just is a really uh, challenging part of town. So we've got a group of people that go down there on Sundays at 11, take some donuts and, and take some coffee and give some Jesus. And it's just, it's a cool win for the kingdom of God. And so uh, if you want to help out in any special way or separate way, just, just give us a call and we'll get you plugged in. Uh, God is, is doing some really cool things here at Grace Church. And we're excited. We're, we're really just blessed uh, that we have great and wonderful people that, that love the Lord. And, and give it up for the worship team this morning. That was just some killer, some killer stuff. Praise God. So God, God's good. So we're, we're, talking about, uh, we're talking about thankfulness. Uh, and, and we were looking through the eyes. And so two weeks ago, we talked about uh, David and, and his thankfulness. And last week, Marcus talked about Moses and his thankfulness. And it was kind of funny, we, since we were international, we got to watch the, the, the praise and worship. And then the, the message started to 
die out because of our data plan internationally. And then we watched uh, the, the, the next day, we finished watching, watching the message, but the data plan right at Marcus's close. But then uh, somebody had Instagram the, the, the close, and so we got to see all three different parts, three different ways, and it was just a, it was really cool. Modern technology is so great. I'm not a uh, technological person, but I, I have my computer today because my notes are on it versus on my, my Bible. So if you're a guest, yes, we do use the Bible. We believe in the Word of God, and I, I, I just have my, my computer for, it, it kind of looks good. <laughs> so we're going to talk to you about being thankful today. How, aren't you, uh, maybe, maybe you're not, I, I have a, a couple pet peeves, uh, and I think I'm at the stage of my life where I don't mind sharing them. And, and one of them is, um, most of you know, mo, mo, one of them is hickory red lights. I think they're way too long. I think they should be abolished. Um, yeah, thank you. I, and, and because I hate them, and it's a pet peeve, uh, sometimes I run them. I know. And so... Don't, like young people, don't do that. And I, I pray forgiveness every time I run one. <laughs> so that's not right either. That's wrong. But like if it's a red arrow and I think it should be blinking yellow, I turn. If there's nobody coming and it's great, and Janie says, Mark, you shouldn't do that. And I know, it's like, I shouldn't. And I I should obey. I know. So we have retired police people. We have state troopers. We have hickory detectives. And I'm confessing that. The Bible says confess your faults one to another so that you will be healed. So I'm, there you go. I'm confessing that fault. And would you pray for my healing, right? So thank you. So there. So, so there. Because I know when I leave church today, I'm going to be challenged at the next red arrow. And you're going to have to really pray, intercede. Like, we might have to get some prayer and fasting done. I, I, I have an issue with this. I run them all the time. Dear Jesus, help me so much. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Another pet peeve I have is when you go to, like, one of the local fast food places and their clerks don't want to be there, like the people taking your order. You know they don't want to be there. Like, I'm sorry, I'm doing you a favor. I just want some food, right? And there's a fast food place in town. You know, I talk about it a lot. I'm not even going to mention it by name today, but Janie and I were in there not so long ago, and I'm trying to give the order, and the, the girl, like, is on the counter like this. And so I stood there like this. And we, we kind of had a, we, another pet peeve. Sorry, pray for me. I'm being honest. And so we, like, we're having a stare down. Like, I want her to say, can I help you? Or may I help you? Or welcome to my fast food restaurant this day. And because you're going to order, I get a check at the end of the week. But, like, she, are you ready? I said, I don't know. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm terrible, church. Help me. I'm confessing my faults again. I want to be healed. Of these things. I'm, try, I'm really trying to be, I want to be a new person in Christ Jesus. <laughs> I'm having a hard time <laughs> with these pet peeves. I know. So help me. And so uh, we get, we kind of get through. I'm getting ready to get my order. Janie's more gracious than I am. She goes up there, gives her order. And the, the girl's like, oh, 
put out. And so I want to give my orders. So she says, are you ready? And I said, I'm ready. I start giving it. I, I want a number seven, go large. And she looks over and she starts talking to somebody right in the middle of me giving my order. Pet peeve number like one. Don't disrespect me when I'm trying to give you money. And so, and so she says, I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. Well, because you were talking to somebody. That's why you didn't hear it. Is anybody with me on this? Am I? The, yeah. See? I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm letting, I'm letting loose today. It's been a week. It's a buildup. Anyways, long story short, because it is a long story, I go to pay, and as soon as I like, I, I would just have a nice day. Thank you for, you know, shopping at our local fast food eatery. I, I, get, I give her the money, and she, is, she turns to talk to somebody else again, and I have to, like, go this way for my receipt because she's totally moved away from me. doesn't say a word, and I'm, I'm thinking, have we, are, we, are we an ungrateful society? Are we in a society that maybe, maybe is so blessed? Are we in a society that is one of the, the richest society in the whole world? And we start to take things for, for granted. We start to take things for, that we're, we're just not thankful. And I wonder if sometimes God feels the same way about the church. Like, man, church, I, I've given you my Holy Spirit. I've given you my son. I've, I've, I've created a, a fellowship with you and a worship with you. And all I want you to do is engage and get in together and worship and, and love on the Father. And I wonder if sometimes God just thinks, man, alive, what, what in the world are you doing, church? Why are you not so thankful? And so today I want to talk to you about just being a, a, almost an unconditional thankfulness. Would you stand with me? We're going to read the scriptures out of Colossians, the first chapter. Uh, three through eight. This is Paul writing from a Roman prison cell, by the way. We always thank God, the Father for our Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we've heard of your faith in Christ, Jesus, and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing. Stop there for a second. Which has come to you, the gospel, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing. Think about that for a second because as we continue to plant ministries and do Bible studies and plant services and hopefully plant churches, we need that to bear fruit and be increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Apaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your truth. We thank you so much for your love. We thank you, Lord, so much for who you are. And we just pray blessings today, Lord, that we can receive this word that you have for us and we can walk in it. And, Lord, we can love you. And, Lord, we can act it out. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement said... Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the Word of God. Um, so we, we look at this word unconditional first, and then we'll look at the word thankfulness. Unconditional quite often is attached to agape, love, unconditional love. It's a love of the Father. It's a, it's a love really that, that only God can know in its fullest extent. Uh, a parent maybe would know it with their children, unconditional love of a child. You know, maybe a child goes wayward or a child has a, a, some, some effects or some issues and a parent loves them through it. That's an unconditional love. A, a 
child you know, does something and the parent still, maybe even through correction, has unconditional love of that child or uh, unconditional love truly now as a grandparent is really popular with, with grandchildren. Like in our house, our, our grandchildren can do no wrong. They're just, you know, they're unstoppable. And, you know, some of our, our grandchildren will get away with stuff that our kids probably never would have uh, growing up. And, and the kids, I think, sometimes remind us of that. But, no, it's like they're, they're, they're going to do it. Little Sailor was sitting on the steps here during worship service. I thought it was the cutest thing in the world, but I think Cherry was like, oh, no, what's she doing? We got to stop her. I got to pick her up. And I'm like, no, leave her there. She's just having a moment. It's just, I, and yet our kids would have been the same thing. We'd have grabbed them, set them down, and, and moved on. Uh, unconditional love is a love that comes from the Father because God is love. Amen? And when we recognize that God is love and he has that love, he gives this unconditional love. And so the first time we think of unconditional anything in the scriptures, we think of unconditional love. This is, let me hear me. Now, some of you that maybe are new to uh, following Christ, God loves you no matter what. He can't love you anymore. He can't love you any less. He can't love you because you're good or he doesn't not love you because you're bad. I'm having a bad moment. I've had a bad month or a bad year. God's still loves you, God is love. This is important because the enemy will come and say, you're not good enough to be loved by the Father. Baloney. We're all loved by the Father, every single one of us. So when we look at people, we don't look at maybe their sin. We don't look at a lifestyle. We don't look at a, uh, a past. We don't look at brokenness. We don't look at, uh, we shouldn't look at if they're really successful, we shouldn't treat them any, any better, right, or anymore. We should look at all people as these are God's people and God loves them so then we should love them too. That's important, okay? That's, that's a big, this is, I, my opinion, this is where the church has missed out over the years. It's like we kind of pre-qualify people. Yeah, I want uh, these people in my church and, uh, and these people, I wish they, they would go somewhere else. Well, we, we are for all people. We need to know, and we need, we need to know that in the community, you want to invite some to church, you invite them to Grace Church because they're going to be accepted at Grace Church. We're going to love them at Grace Church. It's Grace Church for all people. Oh, we're working on unconditional love, right? There's times I've failed. Uh, there's times that, uh, man, I, man it's, you get mad or you get angry or whatever. But unconditional love is what we should all strive for because that's love from the Father. So uh, unconditional love is one unconditional aspect. And love is probably the primary. My friend Brian Zahn wrote a book, Unconditional Forgiveness, Radical Forgiveness in Jesus. And I think forgiveness can be, should be unconditional. Some people will say, Janie would say jokingly, I hope it was jokingly in years past, I'm not ready to forgive yet. It's like, you're like, I'm not ready yet. And maybe I did something stupid, you know, and like, oh, honey, forgive me. I'm sorry. I missed that. I'm not ready to forgive you yet. Well, some, and I'm, hopefully she was joking, but she wasn't joking. You, she was serious. She's, she wasn't ready to forgive me. So, but you know, that's not right. <laughs> like we should forgive unconditionally. Are you with me? It's like, okay, I, like if something happens, Jesus says we should forgive, or if we bring our gift to the altar, we should lay it down and go make sure that things are right with people. So listen, if you have something in your heart, you have something in your life, you have something in an issue, you, you just need to unconditionally say, hey, I forgive. And then here's what happens. When we forgive people, God acts three, way, three ways in that. So God acts first by grace, the same grace that he issues us, he issues to that person, okay? And then if that 
person continues to do the things that they're doing, then he acts in mercy, okay? So grace is getting something that we didn't deserve. Mercy is not getting something that we did deserve. But then after mercy comes judgment. That person, if they don't operate in grace or receive the grace or receive the mercy, then God will judge their, and that's, we call that consequences. And so when we understand our life that we need radical, unconditional forgiveness in our life, it makes life a lot easier because here's the big picture. The picture is we're not going to be here forever. God's going to come back. Jesus is going to come back. There's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth. There's going to be a millennial reign. There's going to be all these kind of cool things that are taking place, and we're going to be walking around in a glorified body. And now that's kind of weird and science fiction for some people. But hear me on the end. If we're not kind of in shape now, we're going to be hurting later. So fact is, Jesus says we can't even be forgiven unless we forgive. So we need a radical forgiveness in our life, right? And then Soren Kierkegaard, uh, the author of the, uh, the mid-1800s, 1850s, he wrote that there's three other forms of unconditional, unconditional obedience, unconditional silence, and unconditional joy. And I won't get into the depths of it. He's a really deep writer. But here's what he talks about is when Jesus talks about knowing God and the lilies of the field and the, and the birds of the air, that there's unconditional, like the lilies will just grow up anywhere, okay? And birds will fly around. And even though the bird's nest might be attacked by a human being or by another animal or somebody, you know, an animal that wants that nest or the eggs or the bird, that bird still flies around chirping and, and, and having joy. There's unconditional silence, obedience, and joy in things of our life. Now, I'll bring to you today that Paul says there can also be unconditional thanksgiving. Now, that sounds a little bit conflicting uh, or counterintuitive because we're usually thankful for something if we're thankful. But but I want to get a little deeper than that today, and I want to teach us that if we have unconditional thanksgiving, God just brings stuff out upon us. Because if we're not careful, we become like maybe secular environment or non-Christ followers, or, or in some cases maybe non-Christ followers are more thankful even than, than we are. And so we have to be careful that as church, the church of Christ, that we always give God all glory, honor, and praise. Amen? Could you just take five seconds to give the Lord just a shout of praise today because he's worthy. He is so worthy, church. He, he's just incredibly worthy. So Psalms 34 and 1 says this, and it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And that word bless really means thanksgiving. So I will be thankful at all times. God, I love you. I thank you. I praise you. I worship you. I don't think you can praise God enough. I don't think you can thank God enough. Our kids, uh, for uh, wonderful reasons, are always very appreciative of Janie and I. Anything that we do, they're always saying thank you. They're always very uh, appreciative. They thank you all the time. And as a father, and I'm sure Janie's the same way as a mother, there's something that kind of rushes through me that just when they say thanks, you know, they don't have to pay us back or they don't have to give us back or they don't owe us anything. It's just that we've done something for them and they're like, thank you, you guys are awesome. And it's like, man, if I appreciate that Thanksgiving from my own kids and they don't have to say it, how much more does God appreciate Thanksgiving from his saints, from his people, the people that he saved, right? 
it's, it's important for us to understand this power that's in thanksgiving. So when Paul writes this from a Roman prison, I want to explain to you what that cell looked like. That cell was about four feet high and four feet deep and four feet wide. And it didn't have a bathroom and it didn't have cable television and it didn't have any of those things. And so Paul couldn't stand in it, nor could he lie down. He could only sit. And when he sat, he had, he had chains on his feet. And good portion of the time, his hands were changed. He had no bathroom. In other words, he went to the bathroom in his pants. And then that feast, he stayed in the cell and rats started to crawl around the cell. This is the condition that he's writing this letter in saying, man, I thank God for y'all. I love you. And I know that's kind of gross and you're going to go out for lunch after this and I apologize. But I want to paint the picture. Sometimes we're just a little messed up if the air conditioner is not working right. Sure was hot in church today. Could hardly worship. <laughs> sure was cold. Man, I need my jacket. Why do they have those lights? What about that? It's, we, listen, we get messed up by the littlest things. That's a trick of the enemy. Paul is in a prison cell that he cannot stand up in, nor can he lie down 24 hours a day. And he's writing a letter of gratitude to the church in Colossae. The Colossians say, man, I am so proud of you guys. I'm so excited for you guys. I thank God for you all. Every time I pray for you, I'm thanking God for you. And he was in that prison for nearly two years. Church, do you get where I'm coming from? If our car doesn't start, we have a major meltdown. The devil's really attacking me. No, your battery went dead. Put some gas in it. Get the oil changed. Buy new tires every four years. Are you with me? So just stop blaming everything on the devil. And just start being thankful for things in our life. Well, through this event then, I, I wrote out six different things. I think that when we, are, when we give unconditional thanksgiving, that things start to happen. Things, by the way, the opposite of un unconditional thanksgiving is continual complaining, which will wear you out and everybody else around you. And Numbers, the 11th chapter in the first verse, the Israelites, now check this out, the Israelites are wandering in the desert by their own accord. They were only supposed to be out there a year. And when they were out there a year, God gets, gets ready. He's going to take them to the promised land. They say, no, no, we can't take it. So they're wandering in this desert environment. But every day they're going out and getting manna. I mean, they're getting out and getting fresh manna. They're eating, they're getting quail, okay? On the day before the Sabbath, they're getting double twice as much. And then their clothes, the Bible says their clothes never changed, did their sandals ever wear out for 40 years. How many have more than one pair of tennis shoes? Yeah. I mean, I got, I, I can't tell you, I don't want to tell you how many pair of tennis shoes I have. I'm a tennis shoe collector. Janie has one or two pair of shoes herself. <laughs> wouldn't it be awesome? Janie disagrees with this. But wouldn't it be awesome if your shoes never wore out? If, like, you didn't have to think about what you were going to get dressed in the morning, it was already on you, and it's not going to smell bad for 40 years. It's not going to change. I mean, it's <laughs> now some of you are like, no, that doesn't, that's not fun at all. I'm a stylist, Pastor. i got to change my, well, I'm just saying, if you were in the desert for 40 years, and your clothes were as fresh as they were the day you left Egypt, and your sandals never wore out, that's a miracle from God. And these guys were complaining left and right. Oh, we got to be out here and this and that. They didn't even realize. See, when you complain, you don't realize the miracle that God's taking place in your own life. 
And so we, the opposite of unconditional thanksgiving is continual complaining. And we have to be careful as a society that we don't complain as much as we do because we have a tendency to complain as a society. As I proved this morning when I talked about the clerk at the local fast food place who wouldn't say thank you and just gave me the receipt after I, I chased her down. Now, my point is... We have to be careful in our life because when we start complaining, we're complaining, one, about God's people, somebody that God created. We're to, complaining, two, about God's, God's situation that maybe he's allowed us to get into or we got into ourselves. So we have to be careful that we don't complain, that we have unconditional thanksgiving. Father, here's a prayer that I pray every day. Father, I thank you for things just the way they are, knowing that your hand is upon me, your blessings over me, and your love and joy and peace, they rise up in me. Why? Because I want God to know I'm thankful for today. I'm thankful for who you are, Father. I'm thankful for things the way they are. I thank you for every situation in my life, even if it's not not a good place to be in or a good situation, I'm thankful that God's going to get me out of it at some point in time. Amen? So there's six things I have here that Paul writes about that is unconditional thanksgiving releases. The first one is faith. When we have unconditional thanksgiving, uh, faith is released. Why? Because God looks down and says, man, they're thankful for their situation. They're thankful for the way things are. I'm going to bless them. That's an act of faith on our part. God, maybe I don't like the way things are right now, but I know you're going to make them better. Abraham looked at Sarah and said, now that I see that you are fair to look upon, I'm going to hide you because why? And she's like 90 years old when he says that, okay? Or, yeah, somewhere in that area. She's, she's old, older and and, and she's going to have a baby, and, and he's saying, now that I see. So there's this moment of faith that he's thankful for their situation, and yet God starts to release a regenerative heart in her, okay? And so when you're thankful for a situation, faith comes in, and all of a sudden a newness springs forth, and you have a now moment. You have a Kairos moment where God opens the window, and he starts to pour out a blessing upon you because he knows you're acting by faith. You may not even love the situation you're in, but you're thankful for it by faith, and God releases newness in you just like he did for Abraham and Sarah. Number two, there's uh, unconditional thanksgiving brings love. And we're not bound by actions. So the first one, we're not bound by uh, uh, conditions. The, Sarah's condition was that she couldn't birth ch children anymore. And now we're not bound by actions because this is that agape love we're talking about. It's an unconditional love that only the Father can give but that we can receive. And if we walk in it, we understand that. We can start to sense God in that. And God then wants to share us to share that unconditional love with other people. And so someone does something bad to you, someone harms you in a way, we have to have the love of the Father. And the Bible says that love of the Father will cover a multitude of sins. What does that mean? Someone sees the love that you have towards somebody else. They are drawn to Christ because they know that's a supernatural love that you have. That's a supernatural love. That's a love that only God can give. And that's important to know because if we don't walk in that supernatural love, then we're based on pride, not on the Father's love. So there's an unconditional love that we have. And it, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians that love records no wrongdoing. Isn't that cool? Now think about that for a second. So if God, which he is, is love, which he is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. And Paul writes about us, but he also refers to the Father that records no wrongdoing. Then God has recorded no wrongdoing in your life once you've received him as a Christ follower. By the way, can we give it up for those this morning who raised their hand for salvation? That's, that's a huge deal. God bless you. That's a big, big deal. That's a win for you, and that's a win for the kingdom. Why? Because when we walk in love, 
and love records no wrongdoing. So we have to be careful in, in our lives as we build relationships along the way that we continue to walk in that love that doesn't record wrongdoings, that doesn't go back to yesteryear. Number three, it's truth, not bound by observations. And so when you see truth, is not bound by observations. Somebody would say, and some people today, we have questions, we read books, we hear commentaries all the time. Well, I don't believe that there is an existence of God. And we're a post-modern, post-Christian, post church world. And so for us who are Christ followers, that you may have, you may start a, a dialogue with someone. And I would say, don't start a debate, but start a dialogue. You don't have to prove God. God will prove himself. The existence of, the existence of God is not challenged in the scriptures at all. God just shows up on the scene. He's there. We're the ones that are proven because of our existence coming into this life. And so because of that, we know truth. Jesus said he came to give us truth, okay? And that truth would help set us free in things. But he came to testify of the truth because he came as part of the Godhead, okay? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He came into this life born the only begotten son of the father, but he was already created. Some people misinterpret that. So Jesus is not created because he always was, he always is, and he always will be, but he was begotten by the father to come into this world, into this life, so that he could live a life and overcome temptation and overcome you know pain and suffering and die on the cross for us so that there would be a way for us then to make it into heaven. Otherwise, heaven is without, okay? Now, here's what I'm saying. That becomes truth, and if we listen to the truth and we under, understand the truth, then truth becomes reality to us in the form of Jesus Christ. Why is that important? When we have unconditional thanksgiving, the Lord starts to sprinkle the power of the Holy Spirit within us with wisdom to understand what is truth, what is right, and what is wrong, what is not truth, okay? And so we, what, a, lot of, a lot of things out there, well, pastor, what about you know, this? Is it, is it pre-trib or is it post-trib? Is it mid-trib? Are we in the millennial reign? Are we going Gonna, where, where are we at? And I would say this, that a lot of things that don't matter upon salvation that we should concentrate on first. Let's concentrate on, are we good Christ followers? If we're not, let's become a good Christ follower. Jesus himself said he doesn't know when he's going to come back. So to have a, a, you know, a three-year Bible study on when Jesus is going to come back may be counterproductive. Maybe we should have a three-year Bible study on how to reach souls and fill up empty seats in all the churches in Catawba County and Caldwell County and Burke County so that we can be on fire for when Jesus does come back. Amen? So the truth is that we need to do what we're told to do, not try to figure out something that has no bearing on on. On, on salvation. I think sometimes people get high-centered on the prophetic. Well, I got a word from God. Good. I get a word from God every day when I read my Bible. So uh, somebody asked me today if I was going to be mean. I'm not going to be mean today. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry if I'm letting that person down. The rest of you are probably really happy. <laughs> but I, 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 do, I do say, listen, church, you can get a word every single day. Just open the word of God, and God will speak to you. God will minister to you. You don't have to go chase everybody or run after different things to get a word or have someone else tell you the, the prophecies. The prophecies are in the scriptures. I'm not saying don't watch or go hear a good message, go grab somebody. I'm, I'm all for that. But God can impart the word of God in you. But listen, it's got to be God imparting the word of God to you. If a prophet does that, it should just be confirmation of what God's already told you. If it's not confirmation, then just hang on to it and see if God does tell you something. But don't you ever do something because a man told you to do it. 
It's got to be the Word of God that tells you to do that. Does that make sense for me? That's truth because Jesus is truth, okay? That's why we operate in the truth in that. Number, number four, fruit, we'll, we'll go through these. Fruit is not bound by looks, okay? So if we, now if we understand that, um, the seed always looks different than the fruit, or most always. Sometimes the seed, like in corn, the seed's the same. But if you look at most fruit, like an apple seed looks different than the apple. You know, an uh, orange seed looks different than the orange, so on and so forth. So if we understand what the seed looks like, that the seed can become fruit, then we can understand, okay, this is by being thankful for a situation. God can take something that appears dead and make life out of it. And I'll give you an example. Ezekiel, the 36, the 36th. 37th chapter, God tells Ezekiel, he takes him out into a valley of dry bones, and there's just bones laying there. They're carcasses. They're, they're, they're human life. He says, son, man, what do you see? He says, well, I see dry bones. And basically, God, through his infinite wisdom, says, well, I see an army. You need to speak to these bones, and all of a sudden, and so Ezekiel does with a thankful heart, and he, start, and he starts to speak life into those bones. God then makes these bones come to life. He brings value back into them. So if you have a situation in your life that might be dead, you need to start thanking God because he can make fruit out of that dead situation. And by the way, unless Jesus said, unless the seed dies, it can't bring life anyways. And so in order for us to have fruit, we have to die to ourselves, be thankful to God, and understand that he'll be the fruit bearer in all of our lives. When, when we see bones in a situation, God sees an army. God sees some fullness. He sees fruit. He sees, he sees life in those situations. And, and he, knows about, he knows about tomorrow. He knows about your tomorrow. He knows about unconditional thanksgiving. The next one is, is grace. And we have to love grace. We're not, we're not bound by results. We look at results sometimes. And, and maybe some of us who are driven in different areas or have past backgrounds, uh, you, had to, you, know, you had to get so many sales or you had to get so many accounts or you had to get so many wins or you had to get so many this or that. We're, we're driven by results, but God's not driven by results because grace means unmerited favor. It's like you didn't earn that. It's just grace. It's God's grace, but that, that grace can turn things around so critically strong that it's, it's, it's just, it, it turns someone who maybe is a little bit hard into somebody that's so naturally soft and, and so loving. My uh, brother-in-law, my Janie's wife's uh, husband, um, that's me. <laughs> See, some of you caught it. Just checking. Janie's sister's husband. Yeah, that's me. Janie's sister's. <laughs> Come, give me a break. <laughs> we got to bed at two thirty last night because of our travel. So, uh, but I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. We came back from Cabo. I'm not complaining. Janie's sister's husband, a uh, wonderful guy, uh, lost his leg amputation from uh, a diabetes. Uh, kidneys are failed. Uh, his wife has to take him, I think, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for dialysis at 5 in the morning, or, or he dies. He was on life support two years ago. In fact, this church prayed for him. He was on life support. They took him off life support, and they said within 30 minutes he'll be dead, and, and he's, he's still alive. Uh, lost two grandchildren, um, one at birth, strangulation of the umbilical cord, and the other one I think was two months old or three months old, three months old, uh, a twin. So every time he sees the other twin, he's reminded of, uh, had to sell his house because of medical bills and move into a, a converted 400-foot garage. That's where they live. That's their house. And it's, it's, it's nice. But, but hear me. 
we were talking to his wife, Janie's sister, when we were back in Nebraska back in October, and she was so thankful that God was working everything out. Lost two grandchildren, a leg, neither kidney functions, can't live except on a machine, had to sell their house and move into a 400 square foot converted garage. And she was like, man, I'm just so thankful God's working everything out. Now most of us would just think, why bother? But it's like, and, and Janie and her, I've shared this before, Janie and her sisters grew up in extreme legalism. And it was like, you know, almost punishment if something didn't go right and blah, blah, blah. And her father is totally different. I mean, he, he, was, he was the author of legalism. That's true, man. He was hardcore. And he's still alive. He knows it. He, I, he, I, he knows they preach on him. He's some of my best sermon examples. But, but to see, listen, to see her, to see her sister flip that script and her, her husband, the same thing, not bitter, not angry, just like full of love and full of grace, no leg, kidneys don't work, lost two grandchildren uh, on life support that they pulled off expecting him to die and has to go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at five in the morning to sit four hours in a chair for dialysis, sold his house to live into, move into a 400 square foot converted garage. And they're like, man, we are just so thankful God is so alive in our life. That's grace. That's grace. That's unmerited favor. And I... And I, and I applaud them. I mean, I, I, applaud, I applaud everything that they're about. I applaud the, the fact that they've, they've taken these challenges and they've, they've walked through it. That's grace. I think only God's grace is sufficient for thee. Only God's grace can see us through. But when you're thankful, you release that grace in your life. You release God's grace in your life to where, God, I thank you for things just the way they are. Yeah, I don't have a leg, two grandchildren. I, God, I'm thankful for you. And all of a sudden, God's grace comes in and he can take the situation that seems like it's impossible and he can turn it around and he can make us just as this human being that all of a sudden can just touch different things in a different way and know a loving God. The last but not least is number six and that's power, patience, and joy. I combined these three because one, I didn't have time for six, seven, and eight and two, because they kind of go together because with these things, they're not bound by the laws of the world. They're not bound by things that will happen. When we have an unconditional thanksgiving in our life. All of a sudden, things start to happen. In fact, Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 22 and 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And here's the point, against such there is no law. In other words, when we have a thankful heart, I mean, when we're supernaturally thankful, we, we have unconditional thankfulness in our life. It's like nobody can get 
you down because you're so thankful. God, I thank you for today. I, I thank you for what you're doing. God, I, I thank you for my family. I thank you for my home. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my church and my community. I thank you for my job. I even thank you for my boss, whatever it might be. If you start thanking God and this fruit of the Spirit starts to pour itself over us, there is no law. There is no law that, that, will, that can stand against you. In other words, the laws of the enemy, the tricks of the devil, those things that, that the, the enemy will throw at you, all of a sudden nothing can stand because there's a supernatural power that comes over you that says, oh, Jesus. And all of a sudden, it's not patience, but let's, let's call it what it is, it's endurance. Because we all have to live through some stuff that we don't want to live through. And it's power, but it's power from the Holy Spirit. There, there's a might there. There's a, there's a joy there that takes place. And, and you walk through, and I've seen people, even in our own church, that have lost loved ones, but the joy of the Lord's on them. I see people walking through illness in our own, own church and in Janie's family, but the joy of the Lord's on them. It's like, man, I don't know how people can walk through some of those things, but the joy of the Lord's on them. Why? It's a supernatural why, thanksgiving that they're taking place. And I ask you to close your eyes just for a moment. Think of maybe two or three things that maybe you haven't been thankful for, but you could or should be thankful for. Just think of a couple things and start, just start to meditate. Lord, I, I thank you, God. I thank you for that car that doesn't start all the time. I, I thank you, Lord, for my boss who gets mad at me. I thank you, Lord, for this town that, uh, Lord, whatever, whatever the situation is, and maybe they're, they're unpleasant things, but you're thankful for them. You're going to, you're going to find a way out. God, I, I thank you for that past because it's maybe the person that I am, even though there was hard things in the past, even though there's, there's bad things that have taken place in the past, I thank you. You, God, because you saw me through. I thank you, Lord, that you made a way where there seemed to be no way. I thank you, Lord, that you crossed over. Lord, you allowed me to cross over my Jordan. Now, I'm asking you to stand for a moment. If you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands up and start to just kind of give God some thanksgiving. Just start to praise him because the, the, what David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And when God's praise is continually be in my mouth, if you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands towards heaven. Church, don't be afraid of God today. Don't be ashamed of him just understand what thanksgiving is and sometimes people just have this hate environment of complaining and it's just it's just a nasty attitude it just it, it drains you and it drains god and you just if you throw your hands up and say okay god i'm not going to complain i'm going to give thanksgiving god i'm going to honor you i'm going to cherish you god i'm going to love you i'm going to i'm going to be purposeful so now start to thank him for those things that you're thinking about thank him for your home or thank you for uh, your your spouse or thank him for your relationships Thank you for the situation you might be going through. You might be going through divorce. You might be going through a sickness and you, you need a healing. You might be going through a death in your family. God, I thank you that you're, you're always with me. I thank you that you're on my side. God, I thank you today, Father Lord, that you would walk with me and you would talk with me. God, I thank you today, Father Lord, that you are the number one person in my life. You are, you're the God. You're, you're Je Jehovah. You're El Shaddai. You're the Holy One. You're all sufficient. God, I thank you today. Now, if you just start an audible thanking of the Lord. Start, start to speak it out. God, I thank you. Now, maybe you need a miracle in life. God, I thank you, Lord, for deliverance. God, I thank you for healing. God, I thank you right now, Father Lord, that you're manifesting your presence here today. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're ordering my steps. God, I thank you, Lord, for deliverance, Lord, from addictions, Lord, from alcohol, for drugs, for pornography. God, I thank you, Lord, today that you're working out things in my life. God, I thank you that I'm an overcomer. God, I thank you today, Father Lord, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I thank you that greater is he that in me the deceivers in the world. Father, I thank you right here and right now, Lord, that you've called us, oh God, for such a time as this to be a lighthouse in the community, Lord, and in 
Hickory, North Carolina, and the surrounding areas. Lord, I thank you now. Just start to just start to praise him as the worship team begins to sing. You start to praise him. You start to glorify him. You start to give him a shout. Uh, give him a praise offering. Why? Because he'll start to release those things in your life of faith, of love, of hope, of praise, of truth of power, of forgiveness, of patience, of joy. And he'll, you'll, you'll be a new person. You'll be a changed person coming out of this place today. You'll be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Why? Just because you say, Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for who I am in Christ Jesus. For by grace I am who I am. Church, just, I, I challenge you just to praise the Lord for the next few moments and worship the song with the team.
that would make God love us more because God is love. You are love. I love that. I love that about my Father. I can't earn it. I can't work for it. He loves me exactly the way I am. He loves who he made me. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for your love over me. Your love covers all my sins, all my mistakes, all my bad choices. Your love covers me. So I love you. I'm so grateful. And even though sometimes I don't see that you're moving, I don't see that you're working, help me to be thankful in that moment as well and just say, I know you're working it out. I trust you. I'm just going to trust you. there sometimes but but you know what is so cool and so awesome about our father is he'll bring us out of that and maybe you're going through one of those places today and through this message you can sit back and say wow I just got to learn to say I may not like it but I can say I trust you and that's what we talked about at girlfriends last week was you know just to be thankful for everything you have for the way your body functions that you're, like my brother-in-law, kidneys don't work, he has to go to dialysis, he can get up and say, you know what, I'm thankful anyway, I can do this, but I can today stand here and say, thank you, God, that my kidneys function. It's the small things that are really big things if that's happening to you. So look at your life this week and just think of that small thing and say, God, I'm so thankful for that. I, I'm grateful for that, that my kidneys function. I'm grateful that my eyes don't water anymore. That's a working miracle for me. I mean, being Dr. Chang and Jesus, but um, I mean, that's like a huge thing. And so this week I've been saying that. I told my friends, I said, my eyes don't water anymore. I'm so grateful. It may seem like, oh, nothing to you, but to me, it's a huge thing. It's been 10, 15 years of just dripping eyes. And I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you. I'm thankful. So find something. And then you can say, I like it. And then at, at the, the other side, you can say, I'm going through this hard thing. I don't like it, but I'm going to trust you. And I think that's the second half of where we might be in some of our places and say, God, I don't like what this looks like right now, but I'm just going to trust you. Amen. So try that this week in, in your daily situation. Just say, God, I'm so thankful for, and you put whatever yours is. Mine this week was, I'm so grateful my eyes aren't watering, and I'm grateful for my doctor who, who helped, and Jesus who helped, and wisdom. I mean, whatever it is, just say, I'm grateful that they're functioning the way you created them to function, and so say that. I like it. Or your situation, I don't like it, but I'm going to trust you, and he's going to work it out. Amen. And another way that we can give gratefulness is in the compassion offering, as, as you leave, there's a just a white bucket back there. You can just maybe slip a dollar. You can slip $10. You can slip 20 You can put whatever you want to put in there. And what that's going for is the turkey meal. It's the turkey and all the um, sides and everything that goes with it that the guys are going to go out and they're going to deliver it to people who are much, much in need. And a lot of us have been in that place, so it's nothing to be ashamed of. We, you know, we've been there. We've had to have, have a meal. 
so it's okay, but they want to take that meal and then they want to take Jesus with them and say, hey, we love you, we don't want anything back. We just want you to know that there's a church that just loves you and Jesus loves you and so here's a meal for your Thanksgiving and they're going to do that, that this week so as you leave if you could just put something in the bucket back there and all of that is going to go for um, feeding the multitudes I guess we could call it feeding the those that are less fortunate so whatever it is you give that this morning and um, watch God bless you back but that's also a way to be grateful and show gratefulness and um, don't forget this Wednesday if you're not in a small group or you're looking for a small group we're going to do a Bible study, and we'll have a little refreshment. That'll be downstairs in the Kids Church at 6.30, so come in the door down there. And we look forward to seeing you all then, and um, God is so good. Amen? All right, be blessed, and have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, Join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.